This is Josh Smith with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. This is episode 20. This is the 20th one. And, man, we've got a big one today. Evan Carter, outfielder for the Texas Rangers, is coming on with us from Elizabethton, Tennessee. He'll be on here in just a second. First, we're going to do our sponsor. We'll be right back after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right, Jeff, this is a good one. I mean, I tell you what, we keep getting these guys and knocking them out. Joining us right now on the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast Hotline, we'll call it the, we keep calling it the hotline, all the way from Tennessee, Elizabethton, Tennessee, it's uh Second round pick from 2020 in the COVID draft. Kind of surprise. It's Evan Carter. Evan, how are you, bud? Doing good. How are you? We're hanging. We're, it's, yeah. it's chilly here today. I don't know what it's like in Tennessee, but we've got about 35 and a strong wind. So it's it's pretty chilly for us. So I'm yeah, it's it's uh it's snowing here today. So oh. it's pretty cold here too. <laughs> you get a lot of snow there in eastern Tennessee? Yeah, we've I don't know. It, it kicked it up a notch when January got here for some reason. It, we didn't. It was 50 degrees all through December, and the next thing you know, we've got three snowstorms in like two weeks. So I don't know what's happened, but it's uh, it's been cold. So how much are you gonna get? Um, it's gone now. It's pretty oh, much okay. over with. But I think at the beginning of the week we got four inches maybe, and then just right. kind of like a dusting today. And then last week we had another four inches. So it's uh, I'm at the base of the mountain, so the mountain gets a whole lot more than we do, but <laughs> okay. it's still cold. That's the Smokies, right? right? Yeah. Is that yeah. the Smokies? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. All right. Um, I guess that puts a kink in you working out outside. Um, I mean, I guess I go outside anyways. I mean, I guess I'm kind of used to the cold. But as far as, you know, it being 70 and sunny like in Arizona, it is not that. But I'm used to it now, so it's okay. All right. So what have you been doing? I know last time, last time I saw you was October and you were still kind of in the rehab. So what, what's yeah, up? yeah. So I think you know I've just kind of wanted to leave rehab behind. You know, just have a normal off season. So you know, just the work, normal. You know, working out and hitting and doing all that kind of stuff, long toss throwing, and you know, just seeing family finally again. So just a normal off season. Okay, so everything everything is full go. You're not limited in any way. No, I am full go, ready to go. Okay. All right. So what was it like to hit again? Um, it was. <laughs> It's really, it was frustrating because, you know, you feel like you're ready to go, but they're kind of like, hey, like there's no point right now. Like we're not really, it's just take it easy. But once you kind of get started back up again, it's, 
it's exciting, you know, and it makes you want to start playing again. So uh, I've definitely, you know, I'm ready to get going again just because, you know, it's been so long, it seems like, you know, that it's just it's a new appreciation, I guess, for as being out there and actually playing. Yeah. Is that the first time you've ever had to deal with anything like that? Any kind of energy injury? Oh, yeah. No, it, that is the first time I've gosh, I, I, that's probably the first time I've ever been hurt. Um, and it was a big one. So yeah. it's kind of unlucky, but, you know, it's uh, that's part of it, I guess. Yeah. Get it. Get out of the way early. Yeah. Learn sure. to deal with it. I mean, learning how to yeah. deal with injuries is a major thing. And I, I'm, I'm assuming Keith Comstock or some guys have told you that, but yeah, you gotta learn how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, so what was that experience like? I mean, you were in, shoot, you were in Arizona for what, three, mm-hmm. four months? Yeah, I was out there from, gosh, July. I was out there from July until probably the end of October, I think. So, I mean, that was a long time. And I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that just likes to sit there, you know, and not really feel like I'm doing anything. And, you know, especially with the back, there's not really much to be done. It's just, you know, you got to rest hang out and that sucks, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but like I said, I mean, I'm not really somebody who is, uh, I'm always wanting to be out and about doing stuff and I, I yeah. couldn't really do that. So it was tough, but you know, uh, it's over with now and ready to just move on. Yeah. I, I, I sympathize with anybody who hurts his back. Cause I've, I've had a couple back injuries in my day mm-hmm. and it, it you, you don't realize it's connect, it's connected to everything. It is everything for sure. You, every, everything you do, your back is involved. I mean, you're reaching for a, a soda or, you know, I couldn't, I had back surgery and I couldn't, I couldn't carry anything heavier than a gallon of milk. Yeah. Well, that's eight pounds. And yeah. uh, at the time I had a 16 month old son who, you know, walks around and you know falls every fifth step. I can't mm-hmm. bend over and pick them up. I mean, it's a mental yeah. grind. That's, it that's the thing sure. people understand is how, how the mental grind. So how did you get through the mental grind? Um, honestly, I, I was in a way, I'm almost kind of thankful for the injury in in a certain, not, I didn't want to miss the season, but I learned a lot of stuff about myself. And like you were talking about, like the middle side that I wouldn't have really learned if I didn't get hurt. So, you know, you're in the season and everything's just happening so fast. You just got to keep playing. And then I got the chance to step back and kind of look at everything and see, evaluate myself and, you know, Mm -hmm. my, the middle side of baseball. And I feel like I really growed in that area try to make the best of, you know, being in rehab, you know, there's not a lot yeah. to be done as far as, you know, making yourself better other than like getting your body healthy. But the mental part of that, I, I worked on that a lot. You know, um, I, I know Brian Kane is somebody that I worked with. Josh Jung kind of hooked me up with him. So um, just going through that kind of stuff and just, you know, being thankful for everything, you know, because it could be a whole lot worse. Yeah. I mean, you're still, you're still a baseball player. You're still, yeah. 19 i mean at the time you're 18 so yeah you're, the future's in front of you so you did get to play you well you mm-hmm. had about 100 at bats yeah what what was that like what did you learn uh, about yourself or about the game the, the game um honestly just going back to the mental stuff it is a mental grind i mean it's not it's not high school anymore where you just go out there and dominate everybody. I mean, you're the majority of the time I'm getting dominated. So, you know, you got to learn how to deal with that. And, you know, baseballs, there's a whole lot more failure than there is success. So just learning how to overcome that and deal with that and come back every day with the same mindset, whether or not you were 0 for 4 or 4 for 4, you can't, 
you can't be doing this all the time. You can't be going on the roller coaster. You got to stay even killed as much as possible. So, you know, just trying to learn or teach myself that, and, you know, kind of get better at that was kind of one of the bigger things for me. Yeah. That's with baseball. If you fail seven out of 10 times, you're a great player. Mm-hmm. Hall of yeah, Famer. Hall of Famer. That's, that's <laughs> completely backwards. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's the truth. And then, yeah. And I think it, it takes guys time to adjust to that. I mean, I, you're, we saw your high school numbers, and I know they were abbreviated your senior year. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, you, you're used to whipping those boys. And, <laughs> and now you've got you've got men who are throwing fastballs to you, not 16-year-olds. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a huge thing to adjust to. But, you know, so the, the, maybe the batting average wasn't as great as you would have liked it, mm-hmm. but your on-base percentage was terrific. Yeah, you sold some bases. You did hit for some power. Are, are, are you pleased with the way that went for the the brief time? Yeah, I mean, for me, the way I've kind of, I don't want to say evaluated, but for lack of a better word, um, the way I looked at how I was supposed to be out there performing, I mean, the big thing for me was I wanted to score runs, so I wanted to be on base, mm-hmm. um, stolen bases and on base percentage. Those were the three biggest things for me that I wanted to, you know, really focus on and be good, you know, and if you're on base and I'm stealing bases and I'm scoring runs, that's kind of my job is like the leadoff hitter, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that I was, I was definitely pleased with it. Um, you know, there's always room for improvement. So you want to come back the next year and do better, but you know, I mean, I did my best and that's all I could do with it. Yeah. The, the, I think the thing that uh, there are a lot of things that the Rangers like about, about you, but the strike zone judgment, and the ability to manage the strike zone, is, is, they, they, they just keep raving about it, how it's advanced, how 18-year-olds don't do that. So what? where'd you learn that? Or, or are you just so disciplined that if it's not over the plate, you're not swinging? Um, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know that I've learned that anywhere. I guess it's just kind of one of those things that, especially coming through high school, you don't get thrown a lot of strikes. You got to yeah. just be really patient and wait for your pitch, you know, and if you've got a good understanding of what your pitch is, then you can be really patient and wait for that, not just up there swinging at anything close, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where I came in with that. Seems like that'd be very hard for a lot of people. I mean, and, and, you know, you, if you look around the game, it is. I mean, there are certain hitters that are just aggressive. Yeah. But yeah. I, I guess I guess what you need to be is aggressive on your pitch. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, you talk about aggressiveness. I mean, that's definitely something that's, come up, I've come up short with sometimes is, you know, they talk to me like, Hey, we need to be more aggressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like with two strikes, I knew I had to swing some, my stats were better with two strikes. So like I was more aggressive with two strikes and it, it was, it was almost backwards the way it should have been. But, you know, I, that's definitely something that I would like to work on coming up is, you know, being more aggressive, but in a way that I'm not, you know, going outside the strike zone or expanding or anything like that. Yeah. Have they, have they mentioned anything about, what they want you to do this year. I mean, I, obviously you need to play, but have they mm-hmm. said where you're going to play or what you're going to play or anything like that? Honestly, I, I have no idea. They don't really talk to me about that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm just somebody I'm going to show up. And if they tell me to play wherever, I, anywhere I can get on the field, I'm going to play. So I'm happy. Um, if I have to throw me in the infield, I'll play infield. I don't care. I just want to be out there playing, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as like what they want me to do, I, I think they're really big on, individuality and just being yourself and they recruit people who they know they like what they are and they want them to be that. So I think they're really big on that. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're big on, on character and building culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
it takes character to get through uh, rehab in Arizona. Um, but also, I mean, it, it talk, it's like, you know, and it's not just, oh, well, he's a good guy. It's like there's a desire to win and a drive and a work ethic. Uh, who, who do you credit for that? In, in um, I think, you know, I grew up in a really competitive family. So, I mean, my parents played sports. My dad played college football. So, you know, just anything that I did, you know, my dad's not out there saying like, oh, you know, if we don't win, you know, it's the end of the world. Like, no, he was never like that. But, you know, you, you're always like, hey, we're going to do the best we can do. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. But we're always going to give our best effort and compete. And that's all you can control, what you can control. So I can't control if we win or not, but I can control if I give everything that I have on the field. Yeah. Well, I, and, you know, I, a lot of people, and I, I bring this example up to, like, my son, who's nine, um, like Joey Gallo would hit a ground ball to second base. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no way he's going to be safe and he would run his tail off and he still does, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, Nick Solak does that. And uh, you know, the one, one thing that you can do as a teammate is give your all. And so, I mean, that's the perfect message. And I mean, if that's something, if your dad pass it down, that's great. And that's mm-hmm. stuff that people need to hear. And yeah, people need to understand and, and uh, getting it in it at a young age. So I, co- I commend your parents for that. Yeah. Um, so second round pick, uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit. Uh, it, it surprised a lot of people. <laughs> it was controversial. It was kind of weird. <laughs> it was. Yes. <laughs> How did you take that? I mean, I, I'm somebody that I, I have a a select group of people that I I've been around and I trust, you know, I trust their opinion and what they say, but if, if I don't really know you and you don't know me, I don't really care what you say. So I'm going to go out there, you know, I know what I'm about and the people who know me know what I'm about and I'm going to go out there and do the best I can. And if somebody outside of my, you know, outside of my control says, Hey, you know, this and that about me, I, I don't, I don't really care. So, um, that's kind of where I stood on that is, you know, not letting outside voices, you know, affect me, I guess. Does it motivate you? I mean, I, it, would, it would motivate me. Honestly, I think, I think what motivates me more is the, like my town, the select group of people around me that saw all that and were like, you deserve it. You know, we support you. And my motivation is for them, the people that support me, not for the people who are, you know, I guess hating on me or whatever, you know, that's, I, I guess that would be my motivation. <laughs> yeah. Well, to them, I would say, do your homework. You know I mean? It, it, <laughs> cause, cause it's not like the Rangers just were the only team on you. There are other teams who, who I, I, I've been told that there were three teams who after the Rangers took you said like, damn it. He was our next choice, you know, in the second round. So, I mean, I, you know, but they, you know, the Rangers, the Rangers don't say a lot of that stuff. They, they kind of are classy and, and don't pick fights, but um, so it's not like you were completely unknown. It just seems like some people didn't get their homework done and also not having that season probably hurt you a little bit. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's been said before and y'all know this, that like I didn't go out and do all the perfect game stuff and a yeah. lot of showcases and this and that. And, you know, I mean, those are designed to have easy information for people and to get information on kids. You know, I I didn't really do that kind of stuff. So, um, and it's expensive. So, you know, (laughs) just going all the time, it's hard on your parents, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, 
you know, the people that I needed to be around, my parents made sure that I could get around them enough and it worked out. Uh, is Danny Clark one of those people? Honestly, you know, a lot of people say, hey, he had a big deal of him getting drafted. And no, not really. Yeah. I mean, my dad knows them and they went to school together and they grew up together, but he's a pitching guy. I'm a hitting guy. You know, that's kind of all it is. And I pitched in high school. So, I mean, he had a lot to do with me pitching in high school, but yeah. you know, as far as, you know, I went to a camp in Atlanta and there was maybe 15, 20 guys there and, you know, Kit Fag was there. And that's kind of where I was like, you know, that was probably the time that okay. I got noticed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Dan Danny, knows you as a as a person though and that, mm -hmm. that's part of the rangers draft philosophy i mean john john and i say this every time we've had uh, this is our 20th episode and we've had uh shoot we've 15 had 15 to 17 with chris woodward and uh john daniels and chris young are, are like the only non-prospects and, right? and emily and emily right right so we've had 16 prospects on we say the same thing about every one of them they're all like really mature solid people you know, and, and like could be successful doing whatever because they got the right, the right attitude. And I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. And, and I think that's a reflection of the Rangers though, and, and, and what they want to build at the major league level. And it yeah. sounds like the message is getting through all the way down throughout the minors. Are you, are you hearing uh, a similar message as far as like play hard, earn it, that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they preach that and the managers preach that and everybody does, you know, I mean, I'm of the strong belief that if you don't have good people in a good clubhouse, no matter how talented you are, you're not going to win. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I might be the most talented person on the planet and just not be a good person. And, you know, that's going to hurt the team overall, you know, like, sure. so I think, you know, the Rangers are really big on building a culture and having a brotherhood rather than just a bunch of good players and only care about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. And I, it's, it's nice that they're saying it, you know, uh, I think people need to buy into it. You know, there are there are people, like you said, who are like, just get me nine jerks and put them on the field. Nine great players who are jerks. It just won't work. Yeah. Really yeah. So, well, uh, I, I, right. you know, oh, oh, yeah. I, you know, Kip Fag, I'll never. So the drafts that I've covered afterwards, Kip will always do uh, come on and do a press conference and he'll talk to all this. You're the one guy. Now, I've only covered about four years now. You're the one guy I've ever heard where he said, this guy, I mean, he always picks out traits of everybody. This guy runs fast. This guy, he's going to be, he said, this is a legit five-tool prospect. He is a potential legit five-tool prospect. First time I'd ever heard him say that, me personally. Now, Jeff, you might have heard that in all the other years, but I was like. Really? Yeah, and, and he said, this guy is a potential legit five-tool prospect. And that's when, because we were all like, we didn't, we hadn't heard your name. And then you came up and we were doing the press conference right afterwards. And, I, and you have not. Now I've heard he knew what he was talking about. You kind of hear that from the other guys in the throughout the organization. He was right. You know, when you went to instructs, you've gone to instructs, you've come in and, you know, played last year before you got hurt and looking at different numbers. Anyway, I, my part's different. So keep going, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so do you have goals? Do you set goals? I mean, health is, health is probably the number one goal always, but do you have a goal, what you want to accomplish in 2022? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I want to play the whole season. I don't want to get hurt again. Obviously, nobody does. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a big goal for me would just be to be as mentally stable and as, you know, no roller coasters, just mentally tough as I can be, you know, go out there every day with just a good mindset and 
everything will take care of itself. I'm not going to go out there and be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to bat 270 this year. Like, I, I don't want to put that pressure on me and I don't want to yeah. tell everybody else that, you know, I'm just going to go out there and be, I'm going to do the best that I can do. And if I show up every day with the right mindset, everything else will take care of itself. All right. That sounds good. All right. So John and I, we, we split this up. I'm, I call myself the bad cop because I just ask straight business. <laughs> <about baseball>. Okay. <laughs> right. yeah. I try to get the facts. I don't, yeah. I don't BS. I just go right in. He's the hard hitting reporter. John though lightens things up. All right. Okay. This is the fun part of the show. Whereas I just drill you and, 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 and need, and need information. Damn it. Yeah. So. yeah. Those were high inside fastballs right there. That oh, you yeah. were, that, okay. you were, that was questions. chin music. Now it's time for me to lob up some softballs and see where you hit them. Okay. Elizabeth, Elizabethton. Is that right? And am I saying it right? Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you're just missing the country accent. That's all it is. <laughs> Okay. Hey, I try to be as hick as possible. I'm from Texas here now. So, but uh, I can't pull off that. Who was it? Owen? Was it Owen White that had the other? Oh, man. Big I'm sure, yeah. That's, <laughs> yes, that's, the, that's a fun one. Okay. Let me ask you this. How big is Elizabethton? Um, 10,000 people, maybe. Okay. And that that's not too small. I mean, for Tennessee, I mean, that's, that's a, that, that's a smaller town in Texas, but you know, it's not like it's my wife's from a little town that has, you know, 2,100 people in it. And that that's up in Illinois. So it, um, did you play any other sports in high school? So I played, I played football my freshman year in high school. And then after that, I just played baseball, just baseball. Okay. What what did you, you play? Know, hey, John, you like this, you know, who his football coach was? No. Jason Witten's brother. No kidding. Is Witten from yeah. where you are? Yes, he went, Jason Witten went to my high school, yeah. No, yeah. and his grandfather was the coach then, I believe. Yes, yes, he was. Now, does Jason ever come back there? Did y'all ever meet him when you were in high school or anything? Yeah, he, he'll he he'll come back. He doesn't live here, um, but he'll come back, you know. Obviously, I'd say a lot of times when he comes back, nobody knows about it. But yeah, he does camps and stuff, like football camps. And, you know, he's really good for the community around here. Okay, so you what did you play? Were you a quarterback? What were you? Pretty big kid. So I played I played free safety and wide receiver. Hey, I was a wide receiver. Unlike you, I was yeah. slow and little. <laughs> so I, I was every coach's dream. Little, Gosh. slow, and that was it. You know. Okay, so that's all right. <laughs> okay, and freshman year after that, you're like, no, you never played basketball or anything. No, I, I never did play basketball. Um, pick up basketball, but not not in the school or anything. Now, see, we're the same person, football, baseball, <laughs> except he's tall and athletic and I'm now I'm short, <laughs> fat and old. So, okay. You were the valedictorian of your high school, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Now, Jeff, were you a valedictorian? You're pretty smart, dude. No, I was top 10%, but I was not, I was not valedictorian. I had no, no chance. My nephew. Yes. My okay. nephew's, my nephew's brilliant, but, um, I'm hoping to breathe in smart air. You know, the guy like me that hung around the bottom of the class is trying to breathe in the smart air from you top dogs there with your, with, yeah. with well, your, like my, my sister, my sister is super, is super smart. She was three grades ahead of me. And so like I would, I showed up to high school where she was you know, kicking ass and everything. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Jocelyn's little brother. And they'd be like, Oh, okay. And then like, they expected you to be smart. Get, yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> Like I'd get a bad grade or like a 90 instead of a 99. And one teacher would just look at me and like, <laughs> yeah, you're, head. Not, you're not your sister. How about, yeah. so, so grades were important to you then. I mean, I'm look, I, you know, you can just be smart and get the grades, but I mean, you really, to get valedictorian, how big was your class? Um, there's probably 200 people in my class. 
dude, right. smart. Hey, I'm married to a valedictorian too. I, that, so there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> Jeff has met my wife. My he's got, a, he, he, he knows he's met my <laughs> wife. He's got to question her intelligence now because a valedictorian <laughs> hooked herself to me. Okay. But that, that so was that, uh, what was your favorite subject? I mean, if you were that smart, are you a math guy? What were you? Um, I really like science and stuff. So that was, I was probably, if I'd have went to college, I'd have majored in biology. Thing about being a oh, really? MD oh, or something. Was that what you kind of thought? Maybe? Um, I really wanted to be a dentist is actually what I wanted to do. No kidding. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great. Now let me ask you this. What, when did you, Duke, were... did, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go. Did Duke have a good dentistry school. I mean, they're, they're great at everything, right? Um, I, I would guess so. Um, you know, as far as if I went there and not for the grad school or anything like that, but um, I, I would assume they do. I did, I never really looked into it as far as that went. All right. Okay, so you grow up in Tennessee. What What was your favorite uh, baseball team growing up? Who did you like? So, honestly, it's kind of funny. Like I said earlier, my dad played football, so I didn't really, honestly, until high school, I didn't really keep up with baseball or anything like that. I was big into football. Right. So, I really liked the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, so that was kind of my thing growing up and no, no MLB teams didn't really have an MLB team that you were like, like the Braves, a lot of, you see Tennessee around that area. Sometimes the Braves maybe. Yeah. I, mean, I would, I would probably say the Braves just cause that is like you said, everybody around here is hardcore Braves fans. Cause that's kind of the closest team geographically. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite baseball player when you were growing up? Um, probably just going off of that, probably Chipper Jones. Cause I got to watch him play when I was really little. You know, people compare you to Cody Bellinger. They think that that's a, that's kind of the the tall, slender center fielder that's fast and good. Um, so that's that I w- if you'd have said that, I'd have been like, yes, because that's kind of what they <laughs> compared you to. Okay, now you commit yeah. you committed to Duke. Um, yeah. So any other schools that had offers or that you were considering? Um. So actually, Duke was the first school that offered me, and that's who I committed to. So I never really went through the. Uh, you know, having all these offers on the table and choosing one or doing, I, I just, I committed to Duke, I think my sophomore year. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, it, they were the first, they were the first team that uh, offered me. And I was, like you said, I was big into school. So that was kind of like best of both worlds for me. Yeah. Smart. You know, we had on uh, Jack Leiter the other day yeah. who ended up going to Vanderbilt and he, I think he had Duke on his list because he was looking at, uh, when he said he had his choices, he was looking at academics also. And Vandy mm-hmm. was a good academic school. Duke, a good a- academic school. I can mm-hmm. only look at Duke from a distance, obviously. My wife might could have gone there. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, you're a second-round pick. How do you find out you're drafted? Did, were you watching it? Did you know it could be coming up? Uh, had anyone alerted you? How did you find out? Um, so, you know, I think, I think everybody kind of has an idea of an area that you might go in kind of leading up to the draft. Um, and, you know, in the days or even the hours right before that, you're like, all right, this is probably where I'm going to go. And then you get the phone call and then they're like, we're about to take you. And I actually missed the phone call. Um, <laughs> they called me and I didn't see it till after because we were watching it on TV. But um, that's I would have found out that way, but I found out on the TV because I missed the phone call. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool to see your name called on TV. You're excited and you realize who, who was calling you. Was it Was it Kip that was calling you? I think it was Kip. Yeah. I honestly don't remember that everything that day was really, it was an exciting day. So we know, and look, a lot of talk about this COVID, a lot of people think had you played your senior season, there's a good chance you were going to jump up into the first round uh, once you were getting more. What other teams were on you? What other teams did you know were on you besides the Rangers? Um, 
I think other than the Rangers, probably the Royals and the Pirates were the two biggest ones just because um, there were some area scouts that were local to me that I, I knew. Right. So that kind of, um, I guess, sparked interest. They, they knew who I was younger on growing up. So when was it? When, when What year was it in high school or whatever? Did you start to realize, you know what? I, I have a chance to get drafted. When did you first realize this, this might be a real opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I want to say I was a late bloomer because, I mean, freshman year, I mean, I was six foot, probably 140 pounds. I was tiny, you know, a real skinny guy. And um, I, I guess junior year, I went to play in the Jupiter tournaments down in Florida. And yeah. that was probably the time for me. It's like, you know, hey, I'm on a, we're playing with a bunch of really talented people. And, you know, you're looking around and, all of a sudden you, you know, people start coming up to you and talking to you and this and that. And you're like, wow, you know, this could actually happen. And, um, you know, I, I'm not somebody who wants to get my hopes up super high and then get disappointed. You know, I'm just kind of try, I try and stay even kill about it, but you know, the more and more you start seeing it, the more and more realistic it becomes. So that was probably, um, when it was first apparent to me, I guess that there was a chance. That's pretty, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, and, and I like your attitude on that because you also had Duke. You were going to school. So you were going to be playing baseball no matter what uh, mm-hmm. going forward. Okay, so um, uh, did, did you know the scout, the local scout from the Rangers? Did you know him, the guy that was? So I, I didn't know him prior to baseball or anything, but I got to know him really well. Um, he, was, he was a great guy. During that process? Okay. Yeah. All right, what do you like to do when you're not playing baseball? Do you hunt, you fish, you play video games, do you golf? What do you do when you're not playing baseball? Um, I, I love golf. I love uh, hunting. I'm not a big fisherman, surprisingly, around here, but I love hunting and golf. And, you know, I'm, I'm big into woodworking and stuff like that. So, uh, honestly, when I do have free time, that's probably what I'm doing. Okay, so what do you hunt? You hunt deer? You hunt birds? What do you do in Tennessee? Yeah, so we have a um, – we lease property west of Nashville. So, we go down there whenever we can. You know, obviously now with schedules and stuff, it's a lot harder, but – Growing up, we'd go down there several times a year, and white-tailed deer is what we'd hunt. Hunting white-tailed deer, and and yeah. uh, and so you say you play golf. What's a handicap? Well, it used to be a whole lot better in high school. I would, I mean, in high school, I would probably shoot ten or twelve over. I mean, I'm not. I, I was listening to some of your podcasts the other night, and <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not Cole Wins level, but um, I, uh, I I'll shoot ten or twelve over. Probably. I, I'm not going to go out there and embarrass myself, I, but I'm not going to win the match either. You know, baseball players, I've heard this from guys that are that, that played golf most of their life. Baseball players transition to golf pretty easily because their wrists have the natural break from when they swing and they can hit the ball further. So anybody that was athletic in baseball usually can turn into a decent golfer, especially after your career is over. You can start playing golf and probably turn into a scratch golfer like Jeff. <laughs> hopefully so I, hopefully so okay yeah. look, go, go ahead I, I, jeff i scratch my my butt when i'm sitting on the couch and not playing golf that's the scratch golfer i am <laughs> there you go lord <laughs> well he's played with me in a tournament he knows my talent level i'm good at driving the cart that's what i'm good yeah. at uh what's your favorite food what is your favorite food <sighs> crab legs i love crab legs you and my daughter. Good Lord. You can't have anything non-expensive. Let's get the $20 pounds. Okay. So you like to, are you a seafood guy? You like all seafood? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, you know, I think the most excited for food I'll get is going to Myrtle beach and they've got all the seafood buffets. So all you can eat crab legs, 30 oh. bucks. I get my money's worth. So I, that's kind of, I would go on a heartbeat. My favorite thing. 
I love yeah. seafood. It's one of my favorites too. Now, let me ask this. So that's where you, that's your place to go then Myrtle beach. How far is that from you? Uh, it's probably about seven hours from here. Y'all would do some vacations there or something and you'd go and yeah, I mean, we would, we would go down there and you know, there might be a golf trip down there, here, there, or going yeah. to the beach, stuff like that. And then tear up the buffet, get those that's crab right. legs. Dad, gum, that's that right. sounds good. Now you get me I like crab, but it's so ding. It, it frustrates me because you have to cra- you have to work to get your food. I want it, mm. I want it all at one time. The payoff's yeah. great though. I don't I don't like fondue like the fondue places. <laughs> yeah, because because it, it drives me crazy. You put in one little one little piece of meat and it's, you gotta wait. I want the whole thing. I yeah, no. I, when I eat when I eat crab legs, I get in the zone and I don't I don't talk to anybody. It's serious business, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you, you get in, you get with the flow going, and it's I enjoy it. It's fun. You like crawfish? I don't like crawfish. No, no. I okay, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, crawfish. I mean, you get into crab legs though. It is a, it is a zone you can get in. I don't blame <laughs> you. Okay, favorite home cooked meal, and who cooks it? Mom, grandma, who? Home cooked meal, probably. My Nana makes this, it's like a baked macaroni and it's delicious. And she, and she always is, you know, making enough food when we have like dinners for holidays, enough food for a week for 10 people. But um, that's probably my favorite thing. And you just tear it up. Yes. That's what I love it. I mean, you're a big kid. You probably polish off a few helpings. (laughs) Try it. It's it's the story of my life. Been trying to gain weight since I was little. So yeah. (laughs) enjoy it while you can't i was this i was you when i was growing up i could tried to put on weight couldn't do it and now i'm in the midst of 15 pounds off trying to get another 25 to 30 at least so i mean yeah enjoy it while that metabolism's <laughs> going strong because eventually you get old like us and back problems come from being fat that's why you get your back problems people don't realize how much baseball players eat they do a lot they have a lot of calories for energy but i mean yeah. they eat you guys, they eat all day. It's it's unbelievable. I, I just, yeah, me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that uh, me and Jace Easily actually, and while I was in Low A, we would, me and him both really have high metabolism. So we would take. I brought a Yeti cooler. And we would take this big old Yeti cooler with blenders and all kinds of food on the road trips, just because we're both eating five six thousand calories a day and still losing weight. It's just really frustrating. <laughs> so that's the michael phelps diet i mean that's you know that, that, that's crazy stuff and but like you know baseball players show up to the ballpark and they eat then they eat after batting practice before the game then there's a spread after dinner then they go out and eat and you know and that's before getting to the ballpark that doesn't include breakfast or lunch i mean it, it's just you know like david david murphy i don't know if you know david murphy or if you've, you've met him the former rangers outfielder he eats more than anybody I know. Yep. And he's he's like you. He's 6'2", six, 6'3", six, right around your weight. And the guy just crushes food. Like his yeah. favorite restaurant is, um, uh, God dang it, it's Cheesecake Factory. Okay, yeah. Is, the food's horrible for you. But they give you these, these gigantic portions. And he would go yeah. there, like on road trips, he wouldn't go to like a steakhouse. He'd go to damn Cheesecake Factory and destroy it. And just destroy it. <laughs> And, and not gain a pin. And it, it's still that way. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he, he, he does, he does some of the broadcasts uh, of Rangers games. And so we'll yeah. see him. He yeah. looks exactly the same as he did when he played. You'll meet him at spring yeah. training for sure. If you hadn't met him already, yeah. he'll, he'll be there. Yeah. 
You know, but Murphy, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, the, and you're getting good habits in the fact that you work out all the time. So that'll help you once your that metabolism slows down. I'm trying to catch mm-hmm. up now and be one again. Okay, we're going to play something I play with all the hitters. It's called the home run game. Okay? okay. Home run game is three home runs we're going to discuss. The very okay. first one. Do you The very first home run you ever hit over a fence, do you remember it and how old you were and where was it? Yes, I remember I was I was 10. It was in uh, Kingsport, Tennessee, and it was probably my first experience with travel baseball, even though it's like 20 minutes from the house. But <laughs> I did the little airplane around around the bases, little 10-year-old <laughs> me. So that was uh, that was my first home run. Did you turn on it? What would you do? Did you, did you bat left-handed? Did you pull it down the line? What would you do? No, I hit it to um, – I guess that was when we were on 200-foot fences. So I hit it to center field. Center field. Okay. Yeah, right. Next one. Most exciting one. Did you have a walk-off in high school? Did you have a – in, in the minor leagues, a walk, the, the one that was the most exhilarating, the, until you get into the major leagues, you're going to know maybe your first pro homer. What was the most mm-hmm. exhilarating one? Um, probably in high school we were – let's see here. It was, it was the, bot, or the top of the sixth inning – or no, top of the seventh inning, and I had a go-ahead home run. I had a go-ahead home run to take the lead. And then right after that, I made a diving catch in the outfield and got a double play on a guy at first place or at first base to end the game. So that's probably my favorite memory of that. Your favorite memory. Okay. That's the good one. Last one, the bomb, which one did you hit the moment you hit it, whether it was pro ball, it could have been in high school. Uh, Joey Gallows was in high school. It's a great story on that. Uh-huh. What's the one you hit it. You went, Oh my gosh, I got it. And how far you think it went? Honestly, I could hit a ball 450 feet and I'm going to be on second base before it lands. I'm not somebody who's <laughs> as soon as I hit a ball, I'm like, man, that thing's out of here. Yeah. Like I, I hit it, I heads down. I'm, I'm hauling, you know, like I, I'm not, I don't know how people do that. I, with my luck, I would sit there and watch one and hit the fence and not. So I don't know. I, I can't, I don't even say I could have a memory of that. Do you, do you know one though, that they've told you that you've hit that went that far or whatever. And they tell you where it went. I think I think my first one that I hit in low A this year went 440 feet. I think it was in Charleston, so okay. that's probably the furthest I've hit. But like I said, I was at second base before the thing hit the ground. So. <laughs> now, now, did you pull that one? Was it center field, or what, do you remember what? Yeah, that was actually the very first pitch of the series in Charleston. Is uh, I, I did I pulled it right down right field line. So so you jumped. It, you were sitting fastball or something, and you just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome okay now now this last one um we've had a couple of fun answers on this one it's what is something that nobody knows about you and i'll give you the couple examples that we've got jack Leiter. jack Leiter hates peanut butter that's a that's a wild one now do you know okay yeah it's crack handed i don't even want to talk to him right now um uh, (laughs) uh brock burke has always been the funniest i don't know if you know brock burke he's in the system he's probably in triple a last year uh brock uh, walks around in his sleep. Um, and the stories okay. are hysterical to hear people that have roomed with him on the road. He'll get up in the middle yep. of the night and punch out pillows and start talking to people. Anything like that, <laughs> something weird, anything that, that nobody knows about Evan Carter? Um, I guess the people that do know me would know, but as far as like you all, I, I'm really big into like gardening and stuff. So I have a little greenhouse that we built in the backyard, like 10 foot yeah. by 10 foot and, I'm really big into like succulents and cactuses and stuff like, like really tropical plants. So keeping them here, um, 
really, I think I have like 150 different types of plants in the greenhouse that I just like, you know, it's really relaxing for me to do stuff like that. Wow. That is great. Now, let me, now we got to come back to this. You said you do woodworking. Now do you build Uh furniture? Do you, what, what do you do? What are you talking about? So I'm really big into lathing. So anything, you know, I, I built a table, like, for example, we, we built a, um, a cool table out of cedar wood and then like the top of the table, like the, I guess the, um, part that you would set drinks on or anything like that. We, uh, put like bottle caps in and the, uh, epoxy over top of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's stuff like that. I mean, anything that you would want to do. I mean, we just, it may not be the best, but it's, it's, we'll try and get it done. It's relaxing and and you just got to watch them power tools, man. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) You know, uh, Matt Harrison, who used to pitch for the Rangers, he, he lives in North Carolina also. Um, he he's retired he hurt his back (laughs) be careful but uh he um he he builds everything like Mm -hmm. we we told uh we were joking around with him one day like where are you getting your your daughter for christmas and he's like well she wants a dollhouse and and uh he's like i'm not gonna go spend 200 200 on a dollhouse i'm gonna build everything myself (laughs) and he did (laughs) like you know he he has a nice spread in north carolina like he's built a dock for his lake I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, uh, he does the handiwork and, mm-hmm. and that's so far removed from me. I can't, I can't nail two boards together. Let you know, let yeah. alone, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly imagine making a dock or a table or a chair <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. So I admire anybody who can do that stuff. Well, event, yeah, you know, eventually you'll get married and your wife will love it. My wife was married to a, I mean, my wife's dad was that person and she married <laughs> me and she just looks at me like, we'll fix it. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, fix it. What the? I mean, we could pay somebody and have it done, or or we can have me try it and then eventually pay the person to do it. And you're going to be two more days removed, and you're going to be mad at me. So that's a good trait for doing that. Jeff, you got anything else? No, but I'm interested in the 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 the, your green thumb, your gardening. I I I love to land. I love to do the yard, take care of the yard, do stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it is relaxing. Like if I need it time is. to myself, it's ridiculous. But like, because the mower is loud and the trimmer is loud, but that's where I go and think. Put the headphones yeah. in, put on the podcast. No headphones. No, nope. you I don't just go straight, straight, straight out there. I yeah. put, I put the headphones in and I'm either listening to, to, uh, to comedy or something while I'm doing the yard. So, but I don't like it as much as you two. You guys are weird. You, should, <laughs> you, you need to drive about an um, uh, hour and a half. Uh, west of Surprise because they have like Joshua Joshua trees and stuff yeah. like that. Really, really cool stuff. I think you'd dig. Yeah, yeah. That that's something that for when I first got out to Arizona, I I saw the cactuses. You know the twenty the foot tall cactus. ones. I'm like, man, like I I've got that, but it's you know it's this big. You know it's only three <laughs> foot tall instead of twenty foot tall, but I've got that. Like yeah, it, it's just that. cool to see them out in the wild and stuff like yeah. that. Gonna have to expand that greenhouse. I know. Okay. <laughs> hey, now, now you're gonna now if you end up. Uh, I mean, my guess would be this year you'll you'll probably end up in Hickory. Uh, that's high. How far is that from you from your family? Probably about an hour and a half. So I mean, that's wow. That's awesome. that's great. So did now did you? Yeah, down east. How far was down east? Five and a half hours. It, it was a little bit more of a drive. But you, your folks would come in and catch a game or two, or catch some. Series. Yeah, I mean, they would come in. I'm, I'm blessed, you know, that where they're they work in the school system, they've got all the weekends off. So they would come, you know, they'd leave Saturday morning, watch the Saturday game and watch the Sunday game. And, you know, I saw them every weekend. Basically, because oh, most of most of the league that you played in was probably driving distance from around there. 
Yeah, I, mean, I think down east was actually one of the further further games for them. You know, a lot of them were close. A lot of the away games were closer to home. Sure. sure. That's that's pretty interesting. Well, man, look, we appreciate you coming on. Arizona, uh, if we get this thing settled and we get out to surprise, uh, I know Jeff will be there for a few weeks at least. I'm, I'm trying to get out there uh, for, a, for a few days. We're going to come out and see you and say hi and come up. And meet. Now, Jeff, you might have met in person. You'll meet me in person at least. Um, yeah. But, man, any, anything else, Jeff, before we let him go? No, just, you know, thanks for your time. I know uh, you guys are busy this time of year, so we uh, really appreciate it. And, uh yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be in Arizona, so I'll look for you. That's awesome. I appreciate y'all having me on. It was fun. Yeah, right. it, it's it's a lot of fun. And you know what? I'm, I don't know if you want to put this on your uh, resume, how fun it is, but we we uh, it's a big deal to be on this. <laughs> I can't get through that without laughing. No, but we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed talking to all you guys, and uh, it's it's a pleasure. I'm a, hey, we're excited to see what you do, Evan, and I appreciate you giving us the time. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll do it again. We'll do it during the season. That's Texas Rangers outfielder Evan Carter uh, joining us from Elizabethtown, Tennessee. I got to get my hit in there. Evan, thanks, bud. All right, now we're back. So we, I mean, uh, another good one. I'm I'm not going to bring that up again this time. Um, He's the David Murphy effect. I can't believe people can eat that much. I wish I could eat like that because I love food. it's not that you can't eat like that. It's that you can't eat like that and look like that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's our problem, John. I mean, we can eat. We, we, we've, we've shown that through the years, but it, it's, it's the, uh, the metabolism is just not there. Hey, I tell you what, this is a guy and Ranger fans, this is a guy you need to really watch. I know he's not on the top 100 list right now. I know he's in the, in some list, he's in the top 10 of uh, there, but I'm telling you right now, you've talked to, to, uh, the minor league, you know, the 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 development department, all of that. They think this guy's legit, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, his. If you go back and look at his stats last year, I think he only hit like two thirty six or something. The hundred games he yeah. played, but look at his walks and strikeouts. He walked more than he struck out, and I don't care who you are. He never faced a pitcher in high school in Elizabethton like he faced in Low A. And for right. him to be that selective at the plate, I don't care who you are. That's impressive. Eventually, you'll learn to sit on the pitch you want and drive it and go. And that that kid, I, I'm that's a guy right there that is a potential superstar. Well, and then you can, you know, ha- having a good eye doesn't just mean mean walks. It means working into advantage counts and then making them throw you a strike that you can punish. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I don't have the 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 pitch breakdown you know what his average was on three one counts or, or you know two one or whatever ahead in the count but my, my guess is it, it it's pretty good um and and so that's i mean that's what dustin harris does well um yeah that's but i mean that's what every very good major league baseball player does yes and, um that's and it's not something it's not something you come across easily and if you come across it naturally like he seems to to have done he'll get a better idea of the strike zone. He'll be able to expand when he has to expand, like he was talking about. They want him to do a little bit. And um, so it, it that that's a great building block for yeah. a young player to have. Um, especially, I mean, he doesn't turn 20 until like late August. Yeah, I mean, he's he, young. He is, he is a young kid. And um, it's, 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 it, it has a chance to be really exciting. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of seasons to play before he's in the major leagues, but um, 
there's a lot, there's, there are a lot of tools there. And, and I mean, that's why the Rangers took them. And, you know, I, and I read from someone too, and it may have been, uh, I don't know if it was I, I, either case, they think he'll stick in senior field. They, they really think, look, this is a, yeah. this is a six foot four kid. All right. You, you look at a six foot four kid that's playing center field and you think eventually when the body grows, it's probably somebody's going to move to a corner uh, outfield, not beat. But they think this is a guy like a Cody Bellinger. This guy could stay in center field. He's got the range. He's graceful out there. He throws the ball well. I mean, this this kid is I mean, that is the only time I've ever heard Kip Fag say five tool. This guy is a is a potential five tool guy. And yeah, I mean, five tool guys who are other five tool guys. Look at it. They, you know, they talked about Josh Hamilton. He was the five tool guy coming out of high school. Um, yeah. This kid, I think COVID hurt him. I mean, because I think he, he could have easily climbed. Yeah. I mean, it hurt his draft status, but it. Right, 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 right. Exactly. It helped the heck out of the Rangers. Oh, but, yeah. The, the, um, yeah. You're right. I mean, like, who, who are five tool guys? And uh, Harper was one, I think. Sure. You Trout. Know. Well, Trout doesn't well, have the arm. Trout doesn't have the great arm. Right. Yeah. Hamilton was. Um, they, they don't. They don't uh, grow they don't on trees. trees. And um, you, you get a guy, and even if it even if it was a little reach on their part, taking him 50th overall instead of 75th, but it sounds like he would have been gone by then too. Yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, you, you, you get talent. It, it was a five-player draft. Yep. You know, you got to you gotta get they, – they'd taken the safe pick with Foscue in the, in the first round, and then they drafted four prep guys. So, yep. get a little – you know, draft some upside and then see what happens. And I mean, and that draft included TK Roby, uh, Dylan McLean, Thomas so, mm -hmm. so, I mean, there's, there's, uh, those, those guys all did something. Uh, McLean was in the complex league, but the other four did something this year, uh, to take note of. Oh yeah. And, and another just impressive kid too. So, I mean, yeah. this, he, he is an exciting one. This is one of my players to watch this guy, get, get a good, healthy season under him. And, and I really think that this is someone to watch. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've talked to a couple guys, um, on, on, on the podcast who have talked about learning how to deal with an injury Yeah, and, and, you know, like Sam Huff comes to mind and Josh Young, of course, um, they had to learn, they, they learned something. They weren't just sitting around moping or, you know, sitting on a training table, whatever, you know, there's a, there's such a, a mental aspect that players have to learn. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like Elvis Andrus, who we all, we all love, um, as, as a guy and, uh, just, you know, he, he didn't go on the disabled list the first 10 years of his career. Right. And then when he did, it was for a broken arm and it cost him two and a half months. I'm not sure he knew how to deal with it. Yep. You know, I'm not sure he knew how to come back from it because when he came back, he, he looked tentative. Uh, a lot of the power was gone. Um, so I, I think there's something to that, you know, while, while developmentally, yes, we would have, it would have been great for Josh Young and Sam Huff to play full seasons last year and Evan Carter. Right. But they learned something, and and I think that's uh, that that's pretty valuable. Well, I think, and that's something that Chris Young has talked about too. Yeah, and I I think what you learn when you're a professional athlete, there's an investment in you that these that these teams have made, and I think like most 19 year old kids or 20 year old kids or 21 whatever Josh is, the moment you feel well, you're ready to go in your mind. I'm ready to go, and the team goes no, <laughs> no, we've got a we think. 
too much of you. You need to chill. Keep your thing going. We want you to heal, heal. We really want you healed. There's no need for you to, I know you're just chomping at the bit. It's Ricky Venasco. He was ready to roll. And it's like, no, you need to chill out. You still yeah. need to get back. We want you fully healthy. We don't just want to chunk you out there uh, because yeah. you feel better. Right. And that's, um, you're right. You know, if, if this, if this thing, this ranger's plan is going to go off um, successfully, health is a bit, health of their prospects and health of their young players is, is going to be a big part of it. I know they've spent a lot of money, but you need these young guys to develop and, and be productive and be on the payroll so that you can continue to afford to add talent to surround them with and to surround Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon with. Absolutely. So it's, uh, it, you know, baseball is such a big puzzle. It, it, it really is more than just finding 26 guys. It, it's, uh, there's so much that goes into it on so many different levels, and that's one of them. And um, So whatever makes these guys better, you know, there's always something to find, even in a, in a season where you're injured, uh, it tests your, it tests you. I mean, look at Cole Reagans. He's had the two Tommy Johns. Yes. You talk about a test, you know, and, um, he, he came out on the other side looking pretty good. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a time to, to rush yourself back to now. Then don't get me wrong. I, I mean, when you're in the, in the midst of a playoff rush at the end of the season, you're injured and you feel better. Even the team at that point's like, if you're ready, we need you. Yeah. But they're, if you're in, you're already out of it. You're not there. If you're young and that talented, the team's got to hold you back and go, you know what? Do you have to, I mean, let's get you healthy, you know, go take some, some, uh, some complex swings, do that. We don't have to get you back. We're not, you know, we don't need you right now. Now, with that all being said, th look, we right now, especially during the offseason, we have been a prospect-laden podcast. We've really gone out prospect-wise. The teams yeah. can let us, can get in touch with us. You know, they can get us the minor leagues. They're allowed to talk to them. Uh, a couple of lists came out. The Baseball America came out with their top 100. MLB Popline hasn't yet. I just checked it earlier. It's not out. And Baseball Prospectus came out. So uh, did you look over those? I did. Uh, there was something today at uh, about the Baseball America list at jeffwilson.substack.com. Yep. Uh, $5.99 a month, $60 a year. Yep. You know, it's 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 worth the money. Uh, anyway, uh, Jack Leiter, 25. Josh Young, 26. Colwyn, 61. That's Baseball America. That's Baseball America. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty interesting that, that they have uh, Leiter and Young back-to-back. -back. Yep. Um, but – Hey, you know, they were, they're very close. I think in, in your rankings, you had Josh first simply because lighter hadn't, hadn't, uh, hadn't only reason. Hey, and I think I agree with most people. Lighter is potentially, and maybe the number one prospect in the organization. And like I explained for those that hadn't heard it, the only reason I didn't put Jack lighter one, he has not played one professional pitch. And, th and that's nothing against him. It was right for him not to throw a pitch last year. Yeah. So, but I, but, but to Josh Young, it's like, you know what? You, 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 know what? you did it. And when you came back, you played as good as you did after the injury. I'm going to give yeah. you the nod this year. Hey, he's going to graduate. He'll be gone before next season's. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the list too. You know, guys graduate, and they, which means they, they run out of rookie status and your or in your case, they, they have one day service time. That's it. Um, but um, so, so, you know, those three, those, those are the big three though, lighter, young and uh, win, except baseball prospectus uh, five went, of them. had five, had 
Leiter, 20, Young, 31. Justin Foscue, 50. Ahead. Had them ahead of win. Full win down at, what, 91? And then... Uh, 99 was uh, Ezekiel Durant. Durant was 98. 98, okay. Durant, 98. And um, that, that it, it's, a, it's an interesting point I wanted to bring up. Um, you know, the Baseball America had Duran and then Dustin Harris, uh, four or five, right after after lighter young win, right, and then they had Foskey six, and I I think that there are many in the organization who believe Justin Foskey is fourth at minimum. There are yes. some people who think he's higher than fourth. Um, you know, he does he does not have a position to play right now. True. Um, at least not, you know, not yet at the major league level. Um, he was injured last year. He, he had a little trouble at, at double a, I, you know, I think he was, he started to pick it up there toward the end, but um, you know, people, the Rangers believe this is a, a 300 hitter with 30 to 35 home runs. Yep. Um, I've heard of Jeff, a Jeff Kent comp uh, and Jeff Kent should be in the hall of fame. Uh, he, he, he may not make it, but I've voted for him every year. I've been eligible to vote for the hall of fame. He's one of the best second basemen ever. Yep. And, and, you know, if, if that's, if that's the comp, holy moly, that's a, that's a heck of a good player. I'll take that in. Uh, yeah. So I, if, if I had to nitpick the baseball America list, that's probably what I would do. I would, I would move Foskey up ahead of Duran and Harris at, at, at least, but, um, yeah. And, and you, you kind of look around at Duran, um, you kind of look at his past numbers. It seems like he's going to be a, when he gets to the major leagues, he's going to be a, a handy player. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to ever hit like 30 home runs. I don't know that he's ever going to hit 300. So, uh, but you know, he, he's, he's a guy that you, you're going to want around. He can play a lot of positions. He's not going to hurt you. So, uh, but I, I think upside wise, uh, there are guys who could be ahead of him, but from like a, Seems like maybe a safe, like a you know, a risk. He seems kind of low risk uh, as a guy. Yeah, and you know they last year when when they ended the season on MLB pipeline, they had Josh Smith up there. I mean, you know, I just I, w- I was looking real quick uh, to see, and they don't have the top thirty yet in MLB in, in MLB pipeline yet for the Rangers. They don't. They've got everyone else, so it must be coming soon. And then they'll, you know, once they 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 roll out every thirty for every team. And then after they do that, they do the top 100. They ended last year with uh, with Smith at number – they had Smith at six and Duran at seven um, last year. I had Smith above Duran in my list. Um, yeah. I think I think Smith got it for me He's defensively. I think he's a better player. Um, he's a natural shortstop, and I think he has the potential to, to move somewhere to the outfield um, or be a, a utility that way. I mean, look, there, there, there's, there's – something's got to give. Uh, with all yeah. the infielders they got, either you got to be another position, or you're going to get moved. I mean that that's yeah that that's reality, and that goes all the way up to Isaiah Catterfalefa. Um, so I mean you you've got, you've got a, a a lot of talent there. Um, so I'm anxious to see what happens on that. But uh, you know I, I predict that there's going to at least be four in the top 100 of MLB pipeline. I would guess there'll be four. Um, sure. I think Win yeah. and I think both Win and uh, Foscue end up in the top 100. Well. We'll find out. Yeah, we're gonna, we're not gonna do labor talk. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah, <laughs> there's not there's you know nothing nothing new since when they met last week and the players didn't care for the owner's proposal. Um, 
today is the what is it john the 20th the 20th yep yeah i mean it's it's less than a month until teams are supposed to report uh i just uh unfortunately uh don't see a, an on-time spring start and and let me let me tell you what what that could mean <clears throat> even if let's say it starts two weeks late that's two weeks less of prep time and they're not going to, and, and neither side is going to want to lose a regular season game. So what does that mean? It means a higher risk for injuries. Yep. I talked to, I, I spoke with Chris Woodward this week. He's doing good. Um, frustrated that he can't talk to the players, but it, one of his very serious concerns is injuries. You know, if, if this thing lingers and they try to cram spring training into a shortened period and uh, start the regular season on time, it, he's, he's concerned about that. And, um, you know, I guess you can look at the 2020 season and <clears throat> that three week summer camp, they had a globe life field yeah. and then they, they just went out and, and, and played, um, and, and across baseball, you saw a ton of injuries yep. right off the bat with the Rangers, Corey Kluber was hurt. Yep. Um, so it, you know, I, I think what you could end up seeing is spring training extend into the regular season, at least in terms of like how far pitchers are allowed to go. Yeah. Uh, There'll be an innings count for sure. And... Yeah. Even, even a, a veteran guy who's used to throwing 200 innings is not going to be pushed. And uh, I think, I think regulars, you know, guys who are everyday players who pride themselves on playing every day may not play every day. If, if, if this is how it unfolds. Right. And again, without, without the players responding to the owner's proposal or their owner's, realizing they really turned over a pile of poo to the to the players and to to try again without any movement the only movement is that we're getting closer to a delayed spring training well and uh, and, and that that's going to cause some problems yeah and, and i think another way they can handle that too which i hope that's not the case i wish i've said over and over you've heard me say it i think cj berryman the other one that we just get in a dadgum room and start talking, that's that's just too easy. It just seems too easy. And so I understand this is multi-billion dollar negotiations. That's not how it works. But one way, if you remember 2020, though, uh, they started the season with expanded rosters and then weaned it down. Um, yeah. I think that's a way, if you're going to have to dip two weeks in, you can't, you can't, uh, you, you got to be able to not burn a, uh, burn one of their options and leaves maybe maybe up it a little bit, c carry another pitcher or two, and not be punished mm -hmm. for it. And and you know they get paid the major league salary, but then you can you know you got till this day to knock it down to here, and this day to knock sure. it down to here. I mean that's really feasibly the only way to do it and start opening day on opening day. So you're gonna have to carry a bigger roster and then wean it down. Yeah, and yeah, but even at that point, it's still guys can get guys. That's that's four more guys who won't be ready. You know, who sure. and, and um, I'm talking about mainly for pitchers who have to oh, I understand. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, you might want to carry an extra catcher at that point if, yep. if that's what happens. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I don't want like an alternate campsite or a taxi squad because, because the minor league season this year is not delayed. It's going to start nope. a week after or not even a week. I think five days after uh, major league opening day, you know, well, those guys, they report to camp on time. Yeah, but those guys need to be down developing. So um, it'll be, you know, you don't need you don't need to sequester a group of guys. Right. You need to you need to have them active and, and playing and, and getting a, a chance to develop. You know, the, the whole the whole thing that uh, you know the the players union is 
and you know, I, I don't really have a side here. Um, I have a side to just get baseball back. Yep. Uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to point fingers, but you know, the, the union has to do what's best for the players. And I, and I get that, but you know, money isn't always the, the best thing they need. They need to protect the player's health. Right. And they need to give guys who are unsigned a chance to, to get into a camp and make a team, you know, um, sure. that's, that's another thing, you know, the, all, they're going to be a ton of minor, you know, guys who end up coming to camp on minor league deals, maybe coming late and not getting a fair evaluation period. So uh, yep. there's just a whole lot uh, go, going on here and it, it's, it's doing nothing but uh, aggravating the baseball fan. Sure. If, if the baseball fans even tuned in at this point. Yeah. And that, that's the deal. If you delay the season at all, that's when you're going to affect it. The the, yeah. the 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 fans the fans they're going to be they they get ticked off when you don't start on time right now this is all white noise in the background these guys aren't agreed I mean like you know I was talking to family about it who don't follow baseball and I was, and they're you know my my stepdad who loves to come down and goes to games with my mother they like to do that and he said and I said well they're right now they're in a lockout and he goes what like a strike, and, you know, he didn't even know. This was like two days ago. I said, no, 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 yeah. They're, yeah, they're locked out, so they're not negotiating. There's no deal in place, so they're not doing anything baseball right now. He didn't have any yeah. clue. So there are people that have no clue. Right, and I, I do wonder, and this is just me spitballing, um, what, if, what if owners lifted the lockout and started on time? But, you know, that, that, that would that – would, put a lot onto the players because of the players didn't get what they get. This is what happened in 94. The, the players could, could then strike if they continued to not get what they wanted. Um, sure. But the season would start on time. And I don't know. It just seems like maybe that could happen if significant progress is made. Well, but yeah. It, we'll see. Yeah. Right well, if, if they, if they, yeah. And if they, if they delay the season, then that's when fans will choose a side. That's when they're going to go, it's your fault or it's your fault. Right now, those that aren't tuned in have no clue. So they're not blaming anybody. Well, the, I think I think fans will choose a side. Mavs playoffs or stars playoffs. Exactly. Right? You know, <laughs> it won't it won't be or you know, or NFL draft. It won't be it won't be major league baseball. A lot of disappointed football fans right now that are just waiting on that to start up again. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how's yeah. frogs today going? I mean, I I see your stuff. It comes in my inbox every morning. I'm doing that. You enjoying it? Yeah, it's going good. Uh, I went to Stillwater uh, last night to watch uh, Oklahoma State and TCU basketball. TCU lost by one, but um, it's it's definitely keeping me busy. This and listen, that is is quite a chunk. And uh, <laughs> um, but it, hey, it's fun and uh, still covering good, sports. It's good people I'm doing it with, and a uh, uh, little sneak peek they're going to be involved in. Uh, and what I do with the Rangers here eventually. Uh, but keep signing up five ninety nine a month, $60 a year, jeffwilson.substack.com. And uh, if we do make some changes to that, it won't affect, it won't affect a subscriber one bit. They won't even know, they won't even know what hit them. So yep. uh, have at it and uh, keep signing up. Cause I, I'm, I am writing just about every damn day. You can ask my wife um, every day, stuff is getting written and and uh i know it it's, is it's getting harder but you know guys still pick up the phone and that's good yeah well no it, it it's it, it's coming out of I, like i said every morning it's my coffee i have a cup of coffee 
the dogs are out and I'm reading my, my, my newsletter that comes out. Hey, I know I work with Jeff. I know I do that, but I pay. It comes to me and I'm reading it with my, and on my doggy video, I always got to get my doggy video in there. So <laughs> <laughs> those are always the ones. Well, that you know, John, John did sign up before uh, we partnered up on the podcast. I did so. first day. I think his first day it hit. I joined up right away because I wasn't going to miss out on my, my Jeff Wilson stuff. Well guys, I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, that's good. All right, man, that's guys. Uh, once again, thanks to Evan Carter for coming out with us uh, today from uh, Tennessee. And uh, until we see you next time, we'll see you at the yard. <laughs>